Hey there. Good morning, everybody. You guys doing good? Awesome. 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 Uh, I wasn't going to mention this, but if you didn't know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I don't even know who's playing, y'all. I'm just, I'm that bad. Okay. Taylor Swift is playing against two. I heard somebody said, I think it was Tristan said that she that she's a boyfriend is playing or something like that. Okay. All right. There we go. Super Bowl is today. But also, um, I'm not sure if yesterday was his actual birthday, but I know that we celebrated it. But Luca, he's tomorrow. Okay. He's turning one year old. One. And uh, so Trey and Carrie are visiting Michaela and, and Lawrence and hanging out with Luca as well. And we FaceTimed in yesterday to see them singing happy birthday to Luca. And they were trying to be super quiet, not to overwhelm him. And so uh, he was sitting in his little chair and it was just awesome. Um, but I wanted to quickly just take a moment to pray over Luca. Can we do that? Um, I think Tennessee is this way, north, this way. So if we'll just stretch our hands towards that way and feel free to lift up your voice with me. But God, we thank you for Luca. We thank you, God, that this last year, has, there's been so many blessings, and he is a blessing and a gift to Michaela and Lawrence. Lord, I thank you so much for all the memories, so many memories, God, that Michaela and Lawrence will cherish forever. And God, I thank you that you are blessing his life, that he is just in, drenched in your favor. He is drenched in your presence every day. Even at one year old, Lord, I thank you that you are showing him who you are. Lord, I thank you that he is light. Lord, and that as he grows up in this next year, that there will be more blessing, there will be more memories. Then I thank you so much for his life and that you're blessing his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy birthday, Luca, tomorrow. Bill Johnson has said that once you discover who God created you to be, you will never want to be anybody else. When you discover your unique soul print and the gifts that God has given you, and then you devote time and effort into developing those gifts and developing who you are, who God created you to be, you are a tsunami force for the kingdom of God. You're most effective when you stop trying to be somebody else. I need somebody to hear that because I need to hear that. When you stop trying to be somebody else and you be who God created you to be, some of us are striving to be something that we're not when God is saying, just surrender to who you are, to who I made you to be. We're in the series, You Were Made for This. And Pastor Trey talked about you were made for others last week. Today, I want to talk about how you are made for contribution. You are made to play your part, to participate, to be involved, to be engaged, to not be on the sidelines. You're supposed to be in the game. So Father, right now, I thank you for this next 
30 minutes. I'll try to make it 25 so y'all can go get your Super Bowl stuff ready. (laughs) God, I thank you so much for what you've already done in worship, for all the conversations that happened prior to worship, the encouragement that happened. And I thank you that in this moment, it's not an accident that we're all here, that those that are watching online, it's not an accident that you're here. And I thank you that your word is alive. Help it to show us who you are and show us who we are. Speak through me today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so from the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke it into existence, and then the earth was without form. And so he's like, dude, I got I to gotta form this. I got to make this. I got to make the skies and, and, the, and the land separated and all that stuff. And then I, I got to make plants and animals and, and all the fish and the whales. And, and then I got to make humans. And something was different about humans because he invited us into the story to play a part. When he created humans, You were made to play a part, and the part that you play, nobody else can quite play that part like you. You've got to show up. You have to show up. But there is a nasty lie that comes around whenever you try to be who God created you to be, and it will stop you from contributing in the only way that you can contribute, and that lie is they don't need me. I believe that lie. I believe that lie. They don't need me. My family doesn't need me. My church doesn't need me. My work doesn't need me. Right? They don't need me. But I know what it's like to be so self-centered to say something like, I'm I'm not like this person, so I guess I'll just I'll just bail out. I'm not skillful like, like this other person, so, so why bother? Or, or they've already got this, so, so why do I even need to participate? Why do I need to be involved? It's a formula, if you're catching that. It's a lie formula that says, and we need to be familiar with it so we can catch it when we start saying it to ourselves. I'm not like that person, so no, 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 no. No. The formula is conditional, saying that in order to be considered important, I have to be or have something specific. And if I don't, then I'm not important. I'm not needed. And we will spend all of our time focused on who we are not while missing out on a life of living out who we are. Your importance is not based on your gifting. It's not how much you accomplish or don't accomplish. Somebody needs to hear that. It's not in how much you accomplish or don't accomplish. It's not because you have a certain gift or you don't have a certain gift. You are important because you are a child of God. Period. That's where it stops. You are important because you are a child of God. There's a guy who, when he puts his kids to bed, uh, he has, uh, I think, two girls. And when he puts his kids to bed, he tucks them in, and he says, 
He looks in their eyes and he says, do you know that I love you no matter how many good things you do? And they say, yeah. And he says, do you know that I love you no, no matter how many bad things that you do? And they say, yeah. And he says, who else loves you like that? And they say, God. What an incredible message to put inside of your kids every single night when all the other noise says something different out there that you are loved no matter how many good things or bad things you do you are loved simply because you are a child of God and your effectiveness in the kingdom will be an overflow from the revelation of how much he loves you in other words, we contribute from love, not for love. We contribute from love, not for it. God doesn't hand out gifts to his children in order for us to use those gifts and give those gifts to get his attention, to gain his, affect, his affection. You already have his affection. Stephen, you have his affection right now as a son of God. Troy, you have his affection right now as a son of God. Brooklyn, you have his affection as a daughter of God right now without having to do anything. Now, one of the, the tactics that the enemy uses to form this lie of they don't need me is comparison. It's no good. Comparison is no good. Except it sort of is. I'll go into that in just a second. Let's talk about it. But if the enemy can get you to focus on who you're not rather than who you are, who God says you are, then he's done his job. Because comparison leads to division. Comparison leads to division. I want to take us to 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 18 in the Bible here. This is the message translation I wanted to get a little bit of dramatic, dramatic flair here. Um, let's see. Verse 14. I want you to think about how all this, and this is belonging to one body, to, to the body of Christ, makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings. I guess I don't have, or I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Our reading this, we may think that's ridiculous, like we would never say that. That's, I would never want to get rid of my ear. I'd never want to have just me be an eye. But is it really that different from what we say to ourselves in our heads? Whenever I say something like, I'm not a drummer like Jordan. That's right, buddy. I'm not a drummer like Jordan, so 
Like, why, why try? Now, Jordan, dude, I don't know how you do it. Like, I, I cannot get my four arms and not four arms, my, <laughs> my four limbs to get what, like, to do what you're doing. It's not, it's just incredible what you do, man. You play your part well. It's no different than me saying, like, I don't have the soulful and smooth voice of my wife, so why bother? Even though I taught her some lessons, you know, on how to sing. I, t- I taught her a few runs. I don't know how to do it. It's like me saying, you know, I don't have a way of lifting the atmosphere like Sherry Bro. It's not just because she smiles, y'all. There's a gift to be able to change the atmosphere when she walks into a room. You see, comparison is the thief of joy. It will rob you of the abundant and full life that Jesus came to give you, to give you. And it will rob you of your effectiveness in the kingdom of God. Now, I said before, comparison can't be a good thing. Let's talk about that. Comparison. You can compare two vacation spots. How many of y'all done that? Two vacation spots. Which one should we go? Should we go on a cruise? Should we go to, you know, this resort or whatever? That's, that's useful to compare the two. It's useful to compare, you know, last month's budget to this month's month's budget or last year to this year. If you're like my wife, you can compare cost of toilet paper per sheet to see if you get the best deal for your dollar. Standing there in the, in the toilet paper aisle, looking at the thing. Okay, this is 500 sheets for $5. This is 700 sheets for $4.99. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get that. That's useful. That is useful. I pick on her, but that's useful. But you know what's not useful? Comparing yourself to another child of God. There's nothing useful about that. Craig Rochelle says, the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something or someone else. The moment you compare yourself to somebody else, you forget about your God-designed uniqueness and then you resent or envy theirs. What good is that? How useful is that. So we know that the lie is they don't need me. Y'all say they don't need me. But what's the truth? Anybody want to know the truth? All right. It's got two parts. The truth is in two parts. And I want to jump back to verse 18. I don't know if we can. Um, verse 18 because the message kind of combines verses, but this is what it reads. It says, as it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Now, this is the first part of the truth. There is a place for you. Every one of you, there is a place for you. Now, in in this text that I just read, we, we see a couple things. God orchestrates who is placed where, right? We don't get to decide what part we play, what gifts we have. It's God who, and Holy Spirit, who just assigns the gifts and says, I want you to be able to do this, and I want you to be this part, and you over here to be this, and be this part. It's God 
who does that. And then the other thing is you have been carefully placed. God didn't just throw together a mix of talents and abilities. He thought about it deeply with intention and attention. And he made you to be a specific part of the body of Christ. And let me tell you, you will feel the most sense of purpose whenever you operate as that part that he assigned you. Not when you try to be something else. When you dive into, this is who God made me to be. These are the talents and the gifts that he's given me, and what am I going to do with them? Am I going to wish that I had somebody else's and spend all my life like that, or am I going to dive into what he created me to be? And you probably know the difference. Can we get a little bit of practical here for a moment? You probably know the difference between operating in your God-designed gifts and trying to operate in a gift that somebody else has, okay? Um, because when you dive into that, you actually feel more energized. Anybody done something like an activity and then afterwards you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do that again. Anybody done that? It's like insane. You're like you lose track of time. Anybody lost track of time when they're doing something that they were made to do? You lose track of time. And you want to keep doing it. Now in, in the, the business or professional personal development world or whatever, like we may call these strengths, right? You may hear at your job, you know, these are the strengths and these are the weaknesses or, or when you're in an interview, like what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? How many people think whenever I say, what are your strengths? You think this is what I'm good at. Would you raise your hand? A strength is what you're good at and a weakness is what you're bad at. You believe that? Okay. Now, how many know that you can be good at something? Great at something, but it can drain the life out of you. What do you call that? Is that a strength? Is it a strength to, to do an activity and, and then be drained by it? And I'm not talking about like you, you've done a hard day's work kind of drain. I'm talking about you've done like five minutes of it and you're like, oh, I can't do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? A true strength is an activity that you do that strengthens you. And a weakness is an activity that you do that weakens you. Is God going to call you to do everything in your strength? No. We find him in our weakness often. But he's given you strengths for a reason. He's given you things that you're good at for a reason. Now, things also that you're good at and that where you lose track of time. You feel strengthened after doing it, okay? You can't wait to do it again. You feel alive after doing it, and you feel like you stepped out of the bounds of time for a brief moment. And you are strengthened because there's a mix of proficiency and passion. I can have passion for something. A lot of American Idol back in the day, you can have passion for something. But if you're not proficient, don't do it. You can be proficient. You can be good. You can become a guru at something. You can be great. But if there's no passion, it just sucks the life out of you. So it's a mix of proficiency and passion. Now, 
I say all that to say, when it comes to contributing, this is the sweet spot. When you contribute in the area of proficiency and passion. That is where you will find that you can contribute the most to advance the kingdom of God. There are people in this room, I believe there are, that are strengthened by telling engaging stories to children to help them understand the Bible. You're a storyteller. There are people that are strengthened by empowering others to be more than they ever thought they could be. Hello, leader. There are people strengthened by connecting people together and making introductions. As soon as you meet somebody, you instinctively know this person should be meeting this person because they are going to have a connection like no other. Hello, connector. There are people in here that can create spreadsheets with formulas upon formulas upon formulas upon formulas. They love it, and they're great at it. A data master. And then there's the people that are like, I don't want to put it all together, but if I look at it, I can see the patterns. I can see the trends. I can see all the data, and I can see the wave of what's going on. That's a data analyzer right there. How many know that we need data analyzers in the church too? Right? Or maybe you're strengthened by planning parties. Anybody like to plan parties in here? Like to plan parties and, and you enjoy weaving a theme together from the moment that a party kicks off until the last person leaves. You're not just a party planner, you're an experience creator. Now the power, it comes with the specificity. This is where we're gonna get a little bit practical. So if you want to help, if you want to like identify what you are strengthened by, this is what you need to do, okay? So you may say something like, I feel strengthened after I communicate. That's, that's good. But the power comes in specifics. So you want to ask yourself, does it matter questions? So I say, I, I feel strengthened when I communicate, okay? Does it matter what you're communicating? It may be that you like communicating about numbers or about the housing market, but you're like, I don't like to communicate about, you know, purpose or whatever. Like, you just like the, the numbers. doesn't matter who you're talking to. Do you like talking to just a small group of people? Do you like talking to a bigger group of people? Like, that stuff matters. And when you get that, when you understand the doesn't matter questions, then you can start operating in the specifics and the activities that you were made to do. Does that make sense to everybody? You will contribute the most when you align yourself with those specific strengths. And I encourage you this week to, to jot that down and think about it. I do this often. Um, there's a guy, Marcus Buckingham. Uh, he was part of the Strengths Finder and founder and stuff like that with Don Clifton. And uh, he kind of branched off, and now he's still like a strengths guru. But what he does, he calls these red threads. And every time something happens, whenever he is strengthened by an activity, he writes it down and specifically what he was doing, who he was doing it with, what he, what he was doing it for, how long it took, what tools he was using. There are tools that I'm like drawn to that I love, and there's other tools I'm like, nope, don't get me near that. Like being specific is helpful when you are learning about who God created you to be. Now, you may be asking, how do I find my place? Where can I best find my place and discover the gifts that God has given me. 
And I want to go to Romans 12, 4 through 6 for that. In the Bible, here we go. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? He'll get ready for this. This is basically my sermon. I could have just said this and y'all would have been home. So, so since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Right there in the Bible. Just be who you were made to be. Now, there's something specific in here that I want to pull out. And that is at the beginning where it says we are like the various parts of the body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. You find your meaning and function as a part of his body. Like I said, a cut-off toe, that ain't, that ain't doing much, is it? Like a cut-off finger ain't doing much. Your significance only comes from what you are a part of. Now, just about every morning, can I take a drink real quick? Is that cool? holy water. Uh, but just about every morning, I make breakfast tacos. Who likes breakfast tacos? Oh, they're so good. Oh, man, I get excited about breakfast food. Like, has anyone seen uh, Parks and Rec? Ron Swanson, the dude who, like, loves breakfast. He has a poster, like, of bacon and eggs. If I could do that, I would do that in our room. All right, I make breakfast tacos every morning, just about. And I don't, I'm not like fancy about it. It's just, I mean, it's got to have bacon. If you don't have bacon, it's not a breakfast taco. Um, and then you got eggs, sometimes potatoes, some cheese. That's it. Like, just keep it simple. Now, when I make the eggs, I, and I learned this from, from my wife, that I can add milk to make them a little more fluffy, like some pillows, you know, for your bacon. Um, Bacon pillows. And I went a little bit further and I said, I need some extra cream in that. So I'm not going to just do milk. I'm going to do heavy whipping cream. Have y'all ever tried that? Heavy whipping cream. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. I mix that in the eggs and uh, make some like little pillows. Like little clouds when you eat them. And so it's so good. Now, I can't get past this. I'm distracted right now. I don't even know what page I'm on. Here we go. The Lord is in the breakfast taco. I say that they're delicious, and I mean it when I say they're delicious, according to me. They're delicious, right? They're pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Kenzie likes my eggs, too. Yeah. Now, when I say they're delicious... Um, What's happening is mostly my nose is telling me that, right? According to some sources, 80 to 90% of what we perceive as taste is actually due to our sense of smell. 80 to 
because of this. In fact, scientists estimate that the nose can recognize a trillion different scents. That's insane. That's nonsense. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb that it's great. Okay. Now, when I say my breakfast tacos are delicious, my mouth is doing the chewing. It's breaking up the food, right? But it's my nose that tells my brain, this is amazing. I need to take another bite. Now, the impact of the nose, I know that we keep talking about noses, but the impact of the nose wasn't realized until it worked alongside the mouth, right? Every part in your body and your physical body that God designed is designed to work flawlessly together. It's insane. There is no competition between nose and mouth. There's no comparison. There's collaboration. When you are connected to the body of Christ, the other parts around you can't help but define and shape your unique functions. I think it was four or five years ago, and I was walking in the hallway right here, about to leave, and I passed Michaela, and uh, this is Trey's daughter, Pastor Trey's daughter, and I passed her, and she says, hey, every time I pass by you, or I see you the last few days, I've heard the word allegory. And I thought, hmm, I, I didn't know what it meant, actually. I was like, I don't know what that means. That's cool. And she's like, I don't, I don't know what this means for you. I just, I'm, I'm always hearing the word allegory whenever I pass you. And so later that day, I'm like, what does that mean? Definition of allegory. It's a story, a poem, or a picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but God was uncovering a desire and a gift within me to communicate through story, to tell stories, and not only to tell stories, but to break down stories and to see the hidden meaning inside of the story. There are tons of little moments that happen to my kids and, and to my wife and to us as a family, and then I, 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 all, I can just immediately see a biblical principle. And I don't, I'm like, where did this come from? I have no idea. I, nev I never did that before. And then all of a sudden, I bump into Michaela, and she says, allegory. And it's like something unlocked within me to be able to find these stories and tell these stories. Now, I say all that to say, that Michaela has a unique gift of prophecy and encouragement. She can see the gold in somebody and pull it out. And what I realized from this is we don't realize our impact in, in the body until we bump into another part that needs us to be us so they can be them. For you to show up so that somebody else can discover who they are 
Terry Savelle, um, she said that someone in need, someone in need is waiting on the other side of your obedience. To wake up and show up. And you know what I love about this church? It's a place where purpose is awakened and developed. Every one of you that's sitting here today, those of you watching online, have a purpose. And it can be awakened and developed right here at the Exchange Church. Someone in need is waiting on the other side of your obedience to show up. I want to pray um, for you. And if, if there's, if you have been struggling with this lie of, um, you know, they don't need me. If you've said that in your mind, maybe you said it out loud. And whatever context it is, you guys can close your, close your eyes and bow your heads. Um, whatever context that is, uh, maybe it's in family. Maybe it's in the church, at work. Maybe it's a friend group. And you've been hearing over and over again, they don't need me. They don't need me. If you've heard that or felt that, I want to pray for you. And if you, if you don't mind lifting up your hand to let me know if that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, for those that have believed, maybe it's been a long time, this lie, they don't need me. Right now, I thank you that your peace is covering their hearts and their minds. And that this lie is removed completely and permanently in Jesus' name. And that the new thought is coming in. And that new thought is there is a place for me and I find it in the body. There is a place for me, and I find it in the body. And I thank you, God, that over the next few days and the next few weeks and the next few months, that as they are realizing that they are a child of God and that is why they are important, that they will discover who they are and that they can contribute in only the, only the way that they can contribute. I thank you, Lord, that this place is a place where that happens where purpose is awakened, where these lies are dismantled and the truth is being settled in our hearts and our minds. You are important because you are loved by God. And I need you to hear me. You are important because you are loved by God, because you are a child of God. Thank you, Lord, for showing us who we are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I, I want to quickly just go over a few things um, because 
I mean, we're speaking in the context of, of church, right? But the body of Christ doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings, right? It's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's a seven days a week, all day, every day at work kind of thing at, at your house. So you can play your part while you serve at the church. You can play your part on a Tuesday evening when you're sitting at the dinner table with your family. Maybe you are the person that tells the jokes and nobody else can do it quite like you. Show up and make people laugh because laughter is good medicine, right? You can show up and, and when you're in a connect group, we have connect groups coming up. I, I actually believe that in a connect group, you can, def, you can discover who you are in that small setting, but also when you discover who you are, you can help others discover who they are, right? In a connect group. Those are happening at the end of February. We'll be talking more about that. But I want to specifically say, if you, if you are ready to take the next step, if you're ready to serve and you want to find your place, you want to find the part that you can play, I want to invite you to fill out this quick form. There's a QR code on your seat or near your seat. It says, play your part. Join Team Exchange. There's a QR code under that, um, or it's on the screen as well. But you can take that home with you if you want, that little sheet of paper, and fill it out. It takes, I don't know, 60 seconds, and our team will be in touch with you. We want to help you. If you're like, I don't know. I don't know where I want to serve. I, I'm just, I just want to be a part of this. We want to help you find your fit and find the part that you can play, right? Awesome. So just take that and fill it out. And, and then at the end of um, either, at, you can drop it off at the info desk. No, this is digital. Just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, the connection card you can drop off at the info desk. All right, let's celebrate what God is doing today. If you want to clap your hands. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now that you've been to church, y'all go be the church.